One, two. This feels like heaven, nothing is missing, I know I will be sitting in your side, everything, everything's alright, my heart is open, there is no distance, I know fear has no place here in your life, everything, everything's alright. Song, but I'm 
no one to advise you you probably do a better job running the world than i do i just thought i'd remind you i've been trying to find you it felt like satan working overtime times two they say if it doesn't kill you that refines you but i'm trying to live and that's bigger than survival it's been a long night it's been a long fight so just remind me now everything will be all right
morning. Good, good, good morning. Good, good, good morning. Good, good, good morning. Nene, nene, nene. Hey. We're bringing the nene back. We're bringing back the nene. We're bringing it back. We're bringing it back. Welcome to church, everyone. Woo! It is another Sunday. Oh my gosh, it's so good to see you guys again. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm actually so excited to be at church today. Like, I'm so, so excited. Like, I actually look forward to Sunday. Like out of my rest of my week, as obviously. we should. Of course, Monday is Sunday is just like the best of the week. It really is. Because Mondays. Let's not talk about Monday. Let's not go there. Let's not go there. But guys, <laughs> can you believe it, guys? We are in January. No, we're not in January. But can you believe January is over? Like January. How? How has 31 days already gone? <sighs> I do, I Please don't explain. Know. I don't. And last year was the last year. Where January felt like it was three months? Literally. Like three but months? Also, you know what the longest month was? Mm-hmm. March 2020. Hey. Hey. That was the longest month ever. Because like we had that three weeks lockdown, mm-hmm. then it was normal pandemic, world went crazy. It was like that was the longest, longest month, month ever. ever. I mean, it was like a, an entire like three years, basically. Uh, it's unbelievable. Un- but anyways, unbelievable. Let's not talk about but our long February. January. Now yeah, we're February. February now. And what's February? The month of love. There's love in the air. There's love in the air. There's love everywhere. But anyway, speaking about love, we have our Valentine's Day service coming up. And you make sure the 13th of February, do not miss out. You want to make sure that you're in the building, all right? In the building. But, Tari, speaking about the month of love, we know that you have a significant other. What are you doing? Um, what am I doing? For Valentine's you see, Day? I'm going to keep it a secret because I need to make this a very secret thing, like a very special occasion. Like no spoilers, no spoilers, yeah, no course, spoilers. What about yourself, Jared, and your significant other? You rude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm single, yes. But you know what? Why not spoil yourself? If you're watching and you're single, you know what? Why not spoil yourself? You deserve it. But you know what? I think the, the best way to start off with Valentine's Day, you know, just love God first. 100%. Then love people. 100%. And then spoil yourself. And then spoil yourself. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> if, if you're in the comment section, just type in there, what are you guys doing for Valentine's yes, Day? Like yes, yes, yes. Love, love to know what you guys are up to for Valentine's Day. 100%. But 100%. speaking about the comment section, let's see who is online watching right now. It's a couple of people watching online. Hey, Sipakazi, welcome, welcome, welcome. Lisa, good morning, good morning. Good Hello, morning. Paul Conradi. How are yes. you doing? Welcome, 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 welcome. Let us know if you're watching online. What are you doing? Where are you at? Where are you watching from? We would love to know. Good morning. Good morning. Good, good morning. morning. Just type, like, what was the best day of your week this week? What pet do you have? Let us know. We want to know. It's an absolute vibe in church this morning. And we want to make sure that you do not miss out on the fun. So if, if we're going to go into worship soon. So if you're at home, you better get out of that blanket. Get up. No, if you're in your up. kitchen and you're making yeah. your cereal, you better yeah. stop making that cereal. Get in front, get your phone, get the TV, get ready for worship this morning. You know, stretch. do a little bit of a, a little bit of a stretch as we get ready to praise the, the Lord. Lord. And like I said, Nene, we're bringing the Nene yeah. back. Nene, Nene back, 2022. You know, hashtag, let's go. Let's but go. speaking about your week, Tari, how was your weekend so far? Oh, uh, well, my weekend was okay. Started off on Friday with a cheeky little gym session. <laughs> yeah, boy. Little gym session yourself? Um, Saturday, I went to gym early as well. What time? About like a 7.30 session. That's quite early. I mean... But I know someone who goes even earlier. Who goes earlier? Racer goes at 5 a.m. in the morning. Five? Are you nuts? I don't know. 
I think we need to pray for Racer. Yeah, pray, hashtag pray for Racer in the chat. Let's go. <laughs> hashtag 2022. So what did you guys do over the weekend? Just type in the comment yes, section. Type in the comment section what you guys did as we go into the start of our service. Yeah, you can see the worship team is ready. ready. We're about to have an comps. experience. It's going to be absolutely incredible. But hey, we'll see you guys. Enjoy worship. Enjoy yeah, the boy. message. Get we ready. love you guys. Stretch, Let's go. Stretch, stretch. Don't forget to stretch. 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 Bye everyone, enjoy the service. Woo! And see you at 6 p.m. tonight. 6 p.m. service, do not miss out. already this morning as we start getting ready for worship.
bring you our hearts this morning, Lord. We bring you our worship. We bring you our surrender. God, you're after our full surrender this morning, and we just say we hear everything we have is yours, God. Everything we have, you've given us, and everything we have and, and we don't have, we just lay before you this morning in worship. Jesus, 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 do a new thing. In the crushing in the pressing, you are making new wine. 
in the soil I now surrender you are breaking new ground so I yield to you and to your careful hand when I trust you I don't need to understand so make me your vessel make me an offering make me whatever you want me to be i came here with nothing but all you have given me jesus bring you wine out of me But all you have given me, 
Jesus, bring you wine out of me. Jesus, Jesus, bring you wine out of me. Jesus, 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 bring you wine. you that Jesus is here, that God is here right now in this place. God is present, and I don't want us to miss this. God is present, and He wants to meet with you this morning. So right now, as we just open up our hearts to Him, maybe you want to lift your hands up as just a sign of being open, of, of being available to God, and even just acknowledge God's presence. God, you are here. God, I am here with you. And if that is your, your, the words of the song, if that is your prayer today, saying, God, make me whatever you want me to be. God, I'm your vessel. I came into this world with nothing. Everything I have is because of you. You know, Acts, somewhere in Acts it says, in him we have, we, we, we move and we, we have our being. In him we breathe. In him we live. It's because of him. In him and through him we have everything that we have. So God, we just want to acknowledge your presence right now. Thank you that you are here. Holy Spirit, I pray that you speak 
to people's hearts this morning. Wherever we are, God, you know. You know the deepest desires in our heart, what we've been longing for for so long. God, speak to us about those things. Father, you know if there's people here this morning that don't know you. Maybe they just were invited or just here to check it out. God, reveal yourself to them. This morning, you can just say, God, show me if you're real. Show me who you are. God, you know people that are coming here with such deep needs. Where it even hurts that they, they have such a need from you, God. Lord, I pray that you see their hearts this morning. In this moment, fill them with peace. Fill them with your love. God, may every person in this place this morning know how deep, how wide, how great, how, how much is your love for them. Thank you, God. Come on, can we just sing those lines one more time together as we just open up our hearts and say, God, I'm available to you. Speak to me right now. God, I came here with nothing, but all you have given me, Jesus, bring you wine out of me, so make me, so make me a vessel, make me an offering, make me whatever you want me to be. God, I came here with nothing, but all you have given me, Jesus, bring you wine out of me, Jesus, oh, Jesus, bring you wine out of me, Jesus, Jesus, bring you wine out of me, because where there is new there is new power, there is new freedom, and the kingdom is here. I lay down my own flames to carry on you far today. God, we just lay down whatever we need to lay down this morning. Come on, sing it again. Because where there is new wine, there is new And the kingdom is here. I lay down my own flames to carry on you far today. Come on, one more time. Sing, make me a vessel. So make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever. You want me to be God, I came here with nothing But all you have given me Jesus, bring you wine out of me Jesus, bring you wine out of me Yes, God, that is our prayer this morning that we would be your vessels. God, that you would make us 
into a people that bring you honor and bring you glory. God, that when we go into our workplaces and our families and our friendship circles, Lord, that your name would be lifted high. God, do whatever it is that you need to do in us to help us to be the people that bring honor and glory to your name. And God, thank you that even regardless of that, even if we did nothing for you ever, you would still love us. You would still be passionately in love with us. And so God, this morning, we just want to say that we are so grateful for you and for your love and for your acceptance, God, and for what you've done for us. We love you, God. We honor you this morning. We give you all the praise and all the glory this morning because you are worthy, God. You are worthy, God. You are worthy, God. We praise your name, Jesus. We praise you, God. Thank you, God. We love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen, church. What an incredible time in God's presence. Sure. Welcome, church. Um, the, the word says... <laughs> they like you, Ivan. Sure. I never get that response. I'm just saying. I don't know. You got it. Let's go. Um, better is one day in your house than a thousand out elsewhere, the word says. So, yeah, it's good to be in the house of God. Yeah. Guys, if you are joining us for the first time, we welcome you and we'd like to... Um, encourage you and invite you to go to the connect area um, at the back there will be a friendly um, face there because that is one of the criteria Ravi <laughs> and Sharon and Raisa will bring the A-game um, so yes and online please um, click on the connect with us button and follow the prompts awesome okay just a few announcements that we have for you this morning the first one is that we are having a baptism service on the 13th of February. So Sunday the 13th of February, we will be offering the, you the opportunity to make your faith public. If you have not done that yet, please, we want you to sign up to get baptized. Um, if you're not sure what to come in, uh, what that entails, you're welcome to come and speak to somebody in the Connect area. But all you have to know is that you have to rock up. That's it. Okay, we've actually got some shorts, like black shorts and t-shirts for you to wear. Um, we've got everything that you're going to need to change into, etc. So you don't have to worry about anything. All you have to do is arrive. We've got you covered. We would love to experience this special moment with you in your faith. Important announcement. Production and worship team in this night. Wednesday, 6.30. So if you're gonna, you have a musical gift or you can play an instrument, even if you can't, come along. It's not for me, because I don't have rhythm. Um, just a hint, if you, if you wanna clap, you know, if you're clapping in rhythm with the worship, don't look at me, I'm gonna throw you out completely. True story. True story. And for a colored guy, that's embarrassing, but I, I'm, I'm over it now. So in all seriousness, please come. Um, Owen promised me it will be fun. Okay, so yeah, please come and join us for that. It's just an interest night. You're not signing up. You're just coming to check out. Come and see what they do. Come and meet some of the team. Find out a little bit more, okay? Um, and then lastly, next Sunday, it's next Sunday, right? Is Valentine's Sunday, okay? If for the Ooh. men that have forgotten, the 14th of February is Valentine's Day, okay? So that Sunday, we're going to be having a little bit of fun. Uh, we've got some games planned and we have some really, like a really, really awesome prize. 
Reese and I actually tested this prize out last week for his birthday, so I can vouch that it is amazing. Okay, you're going to want to win this prize. It's awesome. Um, but just come along, and I want to encourage you to bring a friend. Okay, it's Valentine's Day. Let's invite a friend or a friend. Okay, <laughs> that's up to you. But um, yeah, just bring somebody. Like, it's all about love, and we want to encourage um, people to get into God's presence so that they can also experience the love of God. So do you have somebody in your life that hasn't, doesn't know God or hasn't experienced God's love? Invite them to come along, and it's going to be a super fun service for them to join in. Okay. Every Valentine's Day, I realize I don't have anything read. Um, so I need to get something read for Valentine's Day. That's just a side comment. Um, we will now prepare ourselves. Um, can you guys prepare yourself for the, for the offering and, and, and tithes? Um, the host will come along um, shortly. I just want to say a, a big thank you to everyone that gives so generously because it, is a, it takes faith to actually give because it, it, in, especially in, in the climate that we're in because it actually is saying that God, I want to honor you, but I do trust you because you actually are, um, you, you, you're, the, you're my provider. So we do want to thank you and we also want to say we take your, your, um, the money that you give seriously. We are building on an already good governance structure. We are actually building on that. So just to encourage you guys from the leadership team, we are stewarding your money or the money, God's money um, as best as we can. So please pay attention to the screen whilst the hosts come along. Thank you. Enjoy the service, everyone. Good morning from my side as well. There are just so many things to pick on uh, when it comes to Ivan and, and giving us ammunition from the stage. Um, rhythm is not the only thing that Ivan might struggle with, but, uh, but there's so many strengths. I think God just likes to keep Ivan humble because, because what he's good at, he is ridiculously good at. He makes the rest of us feel really bad at what he's good at, but I love it when I find anything that he's not good at because then we can just rub it in and remind him that he's also human and normal. Anyway, uh, just also a very big welcome from my side. If you are joining with us for the first time here in person or maybe joining with us online uh, for the first time, it is just a great honor and privilege for us to um, do what we can to serve and to facilitate um, what, what we believe God is wanting to do in people's lives. And just to give you a little bit of a recap, we are busy with a series that we've simply entitled Sewing. Uh, we try to think of something a little more sexy or attractive, but, but, but it's sewing. It's sewing and reaping, okay? Uh, I mean, we can, we can look at other concepts, but, but it is such a biblical concept, and it's such a great promise, actually, we believe. It's a great promise that we have, we have an ability to actually take steps that, that will produce a harvest that will actually have a return. Uh, you might talk about choices and consequences or cause and effect. Um, and I wanted to kind of dig down a little bit deeper into saying that, that there are things that we believe that we are responsible for, and that's, that's what we're referring to when we talk about sowing. But then there are also things that we believe only God can do. And I think that danger comes in when, when people that are trying to follow God uh, confuse what is his responsibility and what is ours. So when we want God to do what only we can do, there's a problem. 
and, and when we don't do what we can do, there's gonna be a problem. But when we're doing what we can do and we're trusting God to do what only He can do, um, slowly but surely, we get to experience life. We get to experience freedom. We get to experience increased health and wholeness. Um, and uh, man, I can't tell you how deeply, deeply burdened I am that we get this. Um, so much of what we're talking about in terms of sowing is not so much taking responsibility for the exact outcomes, but doing what we can to position ourselves for God to do what only He can do. So, we, so we're talking, we're using language like positioning ourselves through practices, places, and people. So we, so we simply position ourselves through these things. So we do what we can, we're positioning ourselves for God to do what only He can do. And it's amazing how when we actually obey um, or respond to His invitations, to His principles, to His practices, it's amazing how, how slowly but surely we look back over time and we realize actually God has been forming me. God has been doing something in terms of my peace or God has been doing something in terms of my self-control or God has been doing something in that relationship where I wanted to kill that person. Now I just don't wanna see them, but at least I don't wanna kill them right now. And maybe eventually I'll even have some kind of compassion for them. I don't know. But, 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 but there's this journey and there's this progress. And I just think we live in a culture where we are, where we are, we are constantly fed a lie that there's a quick fix. We're constantly fed a lie that, 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 that just follow three magical steps and boom, you'll have the life you want in 12 simple weeks. You know, just, just follow this eating plan, you'll be ripped like Arnold Schwarzenegger in 12 weeks. And I'm like, I mean, with plastic surgery maybe and a whole lot of liposuction and, and some filler, I don't know. Do you get fillers? Like, do, they fill, do they create abs? Just so you know, I've got abs. They're just undercover. I mean, we've all got abs, right? Some of them are just a little bit more attractive than others. But, but, but when we realize, no, no, if we will just not grow weary in doing good, if we will not stop sowing. The first week I used this illustration and I'm going to keep coming back to it because I think it's such a powerful illustration of the Chinese bamboo tree where you, you sow a seed and then the, the farmer or the gardener has to water and fertilize it every single day for five years before it sees even the first little shoot that comes out above the ground. But then in five weeks it grows to 90 feet, 30 meters. And I'm just so convinced that there are so many of us here that if we will just persevere with doing what we know to do, with sowing the right seeds, that somewhere along the line, you're gonna look back and be shocked at, whoa, 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 whoa. There's been some growth that's taken, like something's changed. Whether it's relationships, whether it's your health, whether it's your emotional health, whether it's your levels of peace and, and contentment and joy, whether it's a sense of security and identity based on God where He doesn't change versus, versus it being based on what people think and what the world says and what social media is telling you is in right now or is not in right now. Man, there is, there's an invitation to a life that really does lead to life. It is an invitation, but there is a reaction from us. There's a responsibility that we have to actually do what we can do. So our main text for the series is simply found in Galatians 6, verse 7 to 9, three verses. It says, do not be deceived. This is reading from the International Version. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh, I, I would add in, if I was writing, I would add in the word eventually, will eventually read, reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit, will eventually reap eternal life. And then verse nine, such an encouraging 
and challenging passage. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time there we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. The Passion Translation interprets that verse, that first verse, verse seven, like this. Make no mistake about it. God will never be mocked. For what you plant will always be the very thing you harvest. The harvest you reap reveals the seed that was planted. The harvest you reap reveals the seed that was planted. Just to fill you in, if you're kind of joining us fairly recently, or maybe today's your first time, we, our goal, put in the simplest terms, is to order our lives around being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, so that's character, that's maturity, that's formation, and doing what Jesus would do if he were me. So if he were me, if he were you, if he had your life, if he was your age, if he was facing your temptations, which by the way, Jesus faced plenty of temptations. He wrestled over, over various desires just like any other human being. If he were you facing those challenges, facing those opportunities with, with, with your limits or opportunities, what would he do? That's our goal, to be with Jesus, that's relational and devotional. Become like Jesus, that's formational. And do what Jesus would do, that is missional. And we believe that we do that, this might sound overly simplistic, we, I believe that we do that by positioning ourselves through practices, places, and people. So last week we took a look at how we position ourselves through practices. It was kind of a very high level cursory overview. Today I wanna take a look at how we can actually position ourselves to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus would do through places. Places are anything from um, positioning yourself in an environment like this perhaps of teaching or, or where you position yourself as you open up scripture, like literally on your Bible, if you have a paper Bible for our teenagers, that's something that was invented you know, some while ago until recently, like, like where you can actually turn, like it'll actually say holy Bible, it's holy, there is something sacred to it. I believe that we actually position ourselves through, in the place of opening scripture, in the place of prayer, of confession, of mission, suffering, persecution, Suffering, persecution, those are places that God actually uses where, where we actually can encounter God, whether we feel it or not. I actually came across this, this phrase last year sometime and it challenged me and got me thinking where this, where this one pastor was being interviewed by another and, and he spoke about how they try and arrange their discipleship in their church around places of encounter. The question he was asking is, is where, where does the Bible tell us are guaranteed places that we will encounter God, whether we feel it or not? For example, I really do think that, that gathering together like we are today in what we call a church service, just so you know, not every gathering is a church service. It has a lot to do with our hearts. But I, I am confident in telling you that in this place, whether you feel it or not, we are encountering God. You see, you and I may, may happen to be in the same environment if, I don't know, let's say we land up at the traffic department or, or, or whatever. You don't have to feel that I'm there for me to be there. Like if I happen to be there, I'm there. Yeah. You're there, you're, but so where is it that with God, if we are there, there is a, there is a form, there is a, there, is a, there is a type of tangible presence. Now, if you're like me, you're immediately thinking, but isn't God everywhere? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Just to be clear. But, but, but there, there appears to be a certain manifestation or a certain type of tangibility to God in certain 
environments. For example, one of the last things that Jesus was recorded as saying was, was, and it's found in Matthew 28, talks about how, how, I mean, he commissioned his followers, known as disciples, to, to go and to share his message and to lead by example and to basically make disciples. And he said, and I will go with you. I'll be there with you as you go. I believe that he's with us as we are because of compassion and love, as we do acts of justice or kindness or generosity for his sake, he's there. So we wanna look at just a couple of examples. There, there are a whole bunch that we could refer to. And again, I know suffering is not the one that we wanna hear about, but, but suffering is an example of, of like a metaphorical place where, where I think that, that we actually have the opportunity to sense God more than in most other places. There's something very sobering, something very humbling. It just kind of strips off all of the, all of the knucklehead, first world issue. Guys, so many of the problems that we think are problems are first world problems. I mean, I, I don't wanna diminish them. I'm just saying that there's stuff that gets put into perspective when you, when you are suffering and there's mystery and there's confusion and you just don't know how this is gonna turn out. Some may even argue that in communion and baptism, certainly in worship, and again, by worship, we don't mean singing. You can sing, you can sing a Christian song and it not be worship. Worship's only worship if my heart is and my mind is actually directed towards God. But worship is so much more than singing. But, but surely when I'm focusing on God and, and who He is and His goodness and His faithfulness and His kindness, surely that is a place where I get to meet Him. So I do wanna emphasize that I'm gonna give us three quick examples today. That's it. I'm trying to keep it as simple as possible and I'm wanting to end with an invitation for you to consider, God, what is one place that I need to prioritize for a while? What is one place of guaranteed encounter, whether I feel it or not, that I, can, that I can position myself with regularly? I'm not gonna flip a coin, I'm not gonna see what I feel like. No, no, I'm gonna commit to this place. Not instead of places that you are already committed to, I'm just saying maybe there's a place that you're needing to give extra attention to. And, and again, I wanna emphasize that, our, that the posture of our hearts matters. It's not about a physical, guys, this is a building. From the outside, I think it's a pretty ugly building, okay? From the inside, I think it's actually quite pretty, but from the outside, it's, this, this, this isn't the temple. Christians gathering together, people who love Jesus and, and, and are trying to facilitate others coming to, that's the church. So, so, when, so when I talk about a place, I'm saying it's, it's where people's hearts are postured in this, in, with a humility and a desire to be with God. So I'm breaking these three examples down um, kind of along the lines of those three things of being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and doing what Jesus would do. The first one is simply solitude. Solitude is a place. And I'll unpack that in a moment. And it's related to, to being formed, so to becoming like Jesus and to doing what Jesus would do. But, but I'm wanting to especially emphasize this as, the, as one of the key practices to being with Jesus to actually slowing our lives down to be with Jesus, to actually be present with him. In the book of Mark, one of the gospels, chapter six, verse 30 and 31, it simply records the following. The apostles, who were some of those early Christian leaders, returned to Jesus from their ministry tour. So they'd been, he'd sent them out to go and do good, go and, go and bless people, minister to people, pray for people to be healed. If someone's demon possessed, cast the demon out. Like, like, pretty interesting stuff, okay? 
You might think the Bible's boring and Netflix is, no, 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 no. If you read the Bible with, with, with a genuinely humble, open mind, it's, it can get a little bit hairy. The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry to and told him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, so all this great, great reports, exciting, wonderful, high fives all over the place. I don't know. Maybe the, you know, it was COVID, they were elbow pumping, I don't know. Then Jesus said, not let's go do more. Hey, you've been productive. Amazing. Let's see, let's see how we can increase that by 10%. Let's, 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 let's make you even more effective. Hey, that's the way I grew up in, in church most of my adult life. If you're doing good, how can we do even better? And, and there's an element of that that's fine, but there's an element of that that's unhealthy. Because we can, our being with Jesus can get to a place where it cannot sustain our doing for Jesus. So you can be doing all kinds of good and your soul is shriveling up at the same time. I promise you. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. It was an invitation from Jesus. He knew that, there, that there's a rhythmic element to our being and our doing, to our relating to God and enjoying Him and our doing for God and, and being re replenished so that we can give out. And as we give out, we know we have to go back and, and be replenished. And we don't just camp here at being replenished because then we get fat and unhealthy and die a different type of death. And we don't just camp here at doing because, because we'll get shriveled up and anemic and anorexic and we'll die there. So there's this rhythm of being and doing. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. Now I'm just telling you, most of the, most of the pastors I know and Christian leaders I know would, would think, sheesh guys, so hectic man. We've been so fruitful, so productive that we haven't even had time to eat. Like, oh, it's tough. And it's almost like a humble brag. Like my life is so hectic. I wanna remind you that the Chinese pictograph for the word busy is made up of two symbols, heart and killing. Now there is a way to live a life that is full. That's different. But if I'm ignoring limits and I don't think I need God and I'm just being busy for Him, you will kill your heart. And Jesus even said, what good is it to gain the whole world? and lose your soul. There are so many recordings of Jesus. Jesus himself <laughs> pulling aside, having moments of solitude where he could just be with his father. I believe that any time that we are intentional about, about just carving out some time, and that could be 10 minutes, 15 minutes, five minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour, three hours, whatever. Please don't compare with one another. No, no, just... It's about intention. If I am trying to quiet my mind and be present with God, I wanna tell you that whether or not you feel it, God is present with you in a very real way. I'm like you, I'd love to feel it. I like it when I do feel it. I don't like it when I don't feel it. But whether you feel it or not, if your heart is, is directed towards God, there's a hunger, there's a desire. Man, I'm telling you, don't let the enemy lie to you. God is present with you. I wish I had time to unpack this stuff, but, it's, but, but solitude would include things like stillness. So Psalm 46 verse 10 says, be still and know that I am God. Be still 
and know that I'm God. There is, there is a level of knowing that he's God that I think only comes through a certain level of stillness where, where I actually just calm down for a few moments. But I think too often we are running heads. Like we're not being still. We are running. We're skimming the surface saying, hey, God, show yourself now. Like I'm heading for a collision. And he's like, I mean, if you'll just be still for a moment, you might discover that I am God and that maybe I can help you avoid that. Proverbs 3 verse 5. So again, this is all referring to heart attitude. So solitude isn't a gimmick. There, guys, there is no gimmick. There is no neat formula that, that, where I get to control God. No, no, this is all about positioning ourselves. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. That is humility. That sounds great, by the way. When, when all you're needing is a, like, God, should I... I don't know. Like, should I serve on that team or shouldn't I serve on that team? Like, like, like that's not a big deal. Okay, God, sure. Like, I'll try not to depend, to depend on my own understanding. I'll, I'll go with what I think you want. It is a different level of hard and a different level of pain when you're facing a stage four cancer diagnosis and the word says, don't depend on your own understanding where the doctors, where everyone's telling you, like you've got days or weeks or months left, and you may, only, and, and, and God may not deliver you from that. Your final healing may only come as you cross over from this life into eternity. But do you know how much of a deeper, tangible, radical invitation that is when God's saying, you're facing stuff that just doesn't make sense. I'm saying, don't depend on your own understanding. I, just slow down, be still, know that I'm God, create space for me to be with you and I will give you peace that passes understanding. Philippians 4 verse six, I'll give you peace that passes understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, do not depend on your own understanding, seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. So that, again, I'm just, I'm just speaking to a hard attitude. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 to 13. Um, some of you, if you've been around church for a while, would be familiar with the one verse because it's the one verse that gets printed onto mugs at Christian bookshops and, and it's posted on, I don't know, wherever. And, and, and it's, it's, it's true, it's good, it's just normally taken out of context, okay? We, we, so we love this part about, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Amazing. But, but we forget that this was written in the context of God speaking to Israel who was in captivity saying, you're still gonna be there for 70 years, but I know the plans I have for you. Then he goes on, verse 12. In those days, when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I don't mean this flippantly. I think that verse 13 is a greater promise than verse 11. See, verse 11 can actually just be very selfish. Yeah, yeah, bless me, help me, give me, give me purpose and meaning and hope, great. Verse 13 is like, wait, what? You mean you promise me that I will find you if I search for you? James 4 verse eight in the ESV says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Guys, there are a bunch of other scriptures. I'm gonna run out of time. I wanna encourage you, if you haven't got the YouVersion Bible app on your smartphone, download it at some stage. If you have it already, simply go to events, okay? Click on it, View Church Mulleton should come up if you've got your location things set up and, and click on it and then save. Press save, 
so that you can, maybe when you have time, go back home and take a look at some of the extra scriptures that I might not have time to go into. But, but just referring to scripture, 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 and 17 talks about how, how, how the Bible is inspired by God. In fact, the NIV says that all scripture is God-breathed. You see, now again, it's, I'm not saying that something magic happens when, when someone just opens the Bible. No, I'm saying that something significant happens when someone who wants to know God when someone who's hungry for God opens the Bible, and then and we're not just looking for knowledge, and we're not just looking for words on a page, we are accepting that there's breath on a page. God has breathed, and it messes with our heads. If you, if you know the, the history behind this, it's like, wait, what? He used human beings, and some of them were, well, all of them were imperfect, and how did this even, how, do, how was this even sustained for thousands of years? There, that's, that's a whole science all on its own. But many would argue, and I'm in that camp too, that if you would just actually practice, like, like give the Bible the benefit of the doubt, because by the way, you don't have to believe the Bible to read it. For most people, you read the Bible and then put stuff into practice in order to discover whether or not you trust, it, whether or not this could be the word of God. Which is why, by the way, and I haven't said this in a long time, for a few reasons. But in the past, we've encouraged people, we've challenged people, especially at the beginning of the year, where we say, just go all in. Go all in for a year. Trust us. Now, trust is earned, and in many cases, we haven't, heard, we haven't earned trust with you. But I'm saying, chances are you've tried a lot of other stuff. I'm saying, like, I mean, I don't know about you. I'm seeing more and more cars nowadays driving past with like some, some there's always some different magical, like magical water, magical this, magic. I'm like, how many things are there that's gonna change your life if you just drink a teaspoon of it? Maybe you're tired of trying all kinds of stuff. I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that if you will go all in and do what we're encouraging you to do, make church a priority, make relationships a priority, make spending time with God daily a priority and person, I'm saying if you, if you go all in for 12 months, I guarantee you that your life will change. Like, like so much so, and okay, I've got to be very careful how I say this. But I am honestly that convinced that I would say to you, but, but there are T's and C's applied, okay? I'm saying I would resign if 12 months from now, I'm saying you've genuinely gone all in. Genuinely going all in doesn't, doesn't mean I drift into church every three months when I've... Some people treat God and the church like the doctor. When I need him, I'll go. That's fine. I mean, it's not, but God still loves you. As opposed to treating it like food or like the gym where, where you don't wait until there's a problem. You are, proact you are intentional. You're feeding yourself. I'm just saying that if you go all in, I'm telling you, I will, I will resign if you can honestly, honestly, honestly convince us that you have, you have done, you have tried to do consistently for 12 months. What we're encouraging you will change your life. That's how confident I am. Because it will. It'll change your life. I'm not saying that your life will be pain-free, trouble-free, prosperous, that you'll have everything you want. That's crap. That's, that's, that's just, that's like cultic stuff there. No, no, I'm saying that no matter what's going on, I'm saying that you can have more peace. No matter what's going on, you can have more joy. No matter what's going on, you can have 
more confidence, more security. Your identity is more established than God. I'm getting very distracted. Again, it's all about the heart. John 5 verse 39, Jesus is speaking. He says, you search the scriptures. He's, he's talking to, to a bunch of religious leaders, actually. And he says, you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me. So it's all about us actually wanting to connect with God. Prayer, Matthew 6 verse 7 is where we find what, what we call the Lord's Prayer. And just, just that first line, our Father. Surely that's positioning ourselves. Surely that's a place where we position ourselves to be with God. It's personal, it's intimate, in solitude for me to just slow down, which is hard sometimes. I don't know about you, but for me to quiet my mind down can be incredibly hard sometimes. And just, even, even if you were, this is a challenge for some of us. Over the next couple of weeks, why don't you just try for two minutes to not, to not actually pray a bunch of stuff, so, so, so to not go through a shopping list, but to actually just meditate on the idea of our Father. Now, you're probably waiting for the, the rest of a sentence. I'm saying just that. To actually just meditate for two minutes on my Father, our Father. Or maybe you want to add a little bit and just say, please, please Lord, help me to know that you're my Father. But where, but, but, but where your focus goes from being productive and performance-oriented to, to personal. I'm just trying to say that there is something about the place of solitude. Soon I met with a couple, actually we visited one person who's in hospital who's probably at the very end of her cancer journey. We met with someone else yesterday who's just been diagnosed with stage four cancer, um, who we're very, very close to. And I'm telling you that his level, their level of peace. Now, now I know him well, like, he, like he's a retired pastor. He's impacted me. He, he's, he's helped, he's challenged me on this stuff over the last six years. And he's saying, guys, it's different this time because he's had cancer before. He's like, I'm in God's hands. And it's not hype. Trust me, it's not hype. There's just a peace. There's just, and, and I know, I know, because I know his routines. It's come out of a habit, out of years of solitude. First thing in the morning, stillness, silence, prayer, reflection, reading, reading scripture. Solitude is a place where we meet with God, man. Let's position ourselves through the place of solitude. All right, I've got to, I've got to fly through the last two. Number two is gatherings. And again, this is related to becoming like Jesus. It's not a gathering just for gathering's sake. It is a gathering for Christ's sake. It's a, it's a gathering where we are, where we, where we are, we are wanting to include him in this conversation. I love Matthew eighteen twenty. This is Jesus speaking, where he says that for where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. Or the NIV puts it this way: for where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. When we are gathering because of him, when we are, and, and again, that can be, that can, I mean, I've got a couple of friends where we, where we meet together regularly, we'll have a breakfast together, whatever. 
I'm telling you, that is, it is fellowship. It's a, man, I sense God so often, and there are other times where I don't, but I know He's there because we are, we are there trying to have iron sharpening iron. We are there sharing, confessing, um, encouraging. There is something about gathering with other people. There is, there is a dynamic that we, that, that we allow God to inhabit when we gather with at least one or two other people. It doesn't have to be a large group gathering. It doesn't have to be something with an official title like a life group, although I think that that's a great place for most people to start. But when, but when at least two people or more get together and are wanting to honor God, wanting to hear God, man, there's something, it is a place where we get to meet with God. Ephesians 2 verse 21 and 22 says, in him, this is speaking of Jesus, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too, so he's speaking to Christians, okay? You too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Think about that. I think some of the words might even be underlined. No, they're not. Okay. Maybe that was just in my notes. In him, you are being built together. So can you be a Christian and be completely isolated? I mean, maybe. But that's hard. That's hard. That's like you can be married and not kiss your wife. Like why? Like, like, like this? Anyway, so together, he's building us together. And, but, but look at that last portion, to become a dwelling. So together, us, not because of this building, us, we, when a few people get together, we are a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. That is a place. It is a place. Whether you feel it or not, I'm telling you that when two or more get together intentionally, whether you feel it or not, it is a guaranteed place of encounter. Ephesians 1 verse 23 says that the church is his body, referring to Jesus. So we are his body. We're the limbs, arms, teeth, elbows, fingers, other stuff. The church is his body and it is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. He wants to fill community, fellowship, gathering. Now, how do we know <laughs> that, that, that a gathering like this is a church and not a cult? Because there are, lots of, there are lots of gatherings taking place all over the world today. Some of them would even call themselves churches. Just so you know, like, like you even have what are called satanic churches or atheistic churches. Like, guys, Words don't mean what they were, which is why I don't even like us even referring to the term Christian too much because that means so many different things. That can just mean something cultural for a lot of people as opposed to being a follower. But I think that, I think that where, where there is a gathering that is actually the church of Jesus Christ, there will be worship, which means it's God first. Our first priority is actually connecting with God, hearing God, obeying God. Fellowship and love for one another, even when inconvenient. And I promise you, you stick around any one church long enough, it'll be inconvenient. There will be people that you don't like. The, the, the interesting news is that you'll spend eternity with them. So let's figure it out now. <laughs> let's learn to love each other now. Yeah. You know, you may want them to live in a different postal code in eternity. I don't know, maybe, I, I don't know how it all works out. 
serving, where people are using, guys, I mean, there's so many scriptures that I could, could, could give you for all this stuff, but, but where people are serving and using their gifts, where there is leadership. Guys, leadership has been so corrupted around the world. But there is still a godly biblical leadership. Read Romans 12 verse 8. Read Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 to 12. Guys, whether we like it or not, that is part of how God builds his church, where there is teaching, where there is mission, where there is evangelism, and where people are being discipled to Jesus and formed in his image. Anytime that stuff's taking place, that is, a, that is a gathering that is becoming the dwelling for the Holy Spirit. All right, lastly, and just to encourage them, Sharice, you can come on up and create some mood music for everyone, in case people are getting very nervous that I may only be circling and not actually coming into land. Coming into land. Now again, this, I mean, these places are metaphorical and tangible, please. Ho- hopefully you're, you're understanding that. This last one is mission. There is a place of where we live on mission. It relates to where we do what Jesus would do. Now, I, I tend to think that the vast majority of your mission field exists where you are most of the time. For obvious reasons, you know, we, we think of a mission as like if you're on a missions trip, like we, for years, we've had teams go up to do missions in the western province of Zambia, in villages and, and rural areas. And yes, that is a missions trip, but is that any more of a missions trip than where you're going tomorrow? I mean, I don't have time to unpack that. I'm just telling you that in God's economy, I don't think that that's any different a mission field. Now, now you may think, what, you want me to go preach? To-? No, no, no. Maybe being on mission tomorrow just means giving someone an extra 30 seconds when they, when they are asking you a question and you wanna just fog them off as you, as you rush on. It, it, may be, it may be having a meaningful conversation with someone as the opportunity arises. It may be offering to do something at work or school that, that you don't have to do. It, it may be consistently building credibility, building relationship, just, just being a person of love and peace, being a non-anxious presence, being creative and diligent and reliable. I just think that, please, I'm speaking very subjectively and from my own experience. I just think that for for way too long over the last few decades, I just think that we have so dysfunctionally narrowed down mission. You see, you can go on a missions trip and not do mission. It can, just be a, it can just be a holiday, a vibe. Nice. I wouldn't mind going on a missions trip to Mauritius or the Maldives. But you see, what, what would be different is that you know, like I'm here for this purpose, so for me to get distracted just playing games and just you know watching series all day, and then I have to go back in a week's time, I'm gonna feel like, I'm gonna feel like I wasted that a little bit. Hello? I'm telling you that wherever you are tomorrow, it's not a, I can't tell you that you are doing what you're supposed to do, but I'm promising you that you're on a mission field. The only question is, am I present to God? Because he wants to be in that place. 
And I'm saying that any time we, we are moved to do good out of a heart to honor God, out of compassion, because of justice. The Bible talks about being amongst the poor and the vulnerable. And that doesn't have to just be materially, although, although it definitely includes it. But man, there, I'm telling you, if you're, if you're working with a, with a bunch of people or you're at school with a bunch of people, there is so much hurt. There is so much dysfunction. You can't solve it, you can't heal it, but you can, but you can be present. You can meet God in that place. Where are you tomorrow that God is saying, would you meet me there? Would you meet me there tomorrow? Maybe you're somewhere today. I'm not, it's not limited to Monday, okay? Wherever you are, guys, he wants to be with us on mission. I don't have time to read the extra versions, but in the message, paraphrase. Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20 says this. Then instruct them. This is Jesus speaking. This is, this is Jesus, not Jason. Instruct them in the practice of all I've commanded you. I will be with you as you do this. Day after day after day, right up to the end of the age. I'm just telling you that there have been times in my life where I've had to ask myself, is it possible that I'm not experiencing the presence of God as much as I'd like because I'm not doing what He's asked me to do? When He's promised to, to be with me as I do this, is He not being with me as in because I'm not as in? I'm not, I'm not, as, I'm, I'm not as I'm doing it? I say this so respectfully. Some of us want an extra word from God and a, and a fresh revelation and, and to feel warm and fuzzy and goosebumpy. And guys, that stuff's great. I, I'm not, I promise you I'm not diminishing that. But I think that for some of us, God's saying, you don't need any more of that. You just need to actually obey some of the stuff that I have made abundantly clear. And as you do, I'm gonna be with you. So, my question to you is, is there a place where, where God is highlighting the need to add extra priority? If you don't have a habit of drawing aside and just spending some consistent, regular time with God, that's, just start there, okay? But maybe you're doing that, and you know that, I mean, it's not perfect, but that's pretty consistent but you live a very isolated, individualistic, Western life, which is just so messed up, so not biblical. Anyway, that's a whole nother sermon. We were made for community. Then maybe, maybe for you, it's, uh, I need to, I need to maybe press into just being, being with other people on purpose. And we'll talk about that. We're gonna unpack that a lot more next week. So don't, don't, don't worry too much about figuring that out. Or maybe you know God is saying, you are, you are living an incredibly self-centered life. Maybe for good reason, maybe we can explain it, but, but if you're honest with yourself, you, it's very rare that you would be looking, like your radar wand is looking for someone to bless, for someone to encourage, for someone to just, to just be kind, for someone to just be present with. Then maybe that's it. Maybe it's just a case of getting up every morning saying, God, help me to be present. Help me to be interruptible. Help me to see what you see today. Help me to notice. Help me to, help me to, help me not to look for the dramatic. Help me to look for the ordinary where I can just sow a seed and sow another seed and sow another seed and sow another seed. Father, I pray in Jesus' name 
that you would help us to discern the, the greater invita- invitation that I think you're extending to us, which is to following you. It's actually that simple. Where we're not looking to tick a box, where we're not looking for eternal fire insurance, but where we're actually looking to follow you. Just in this moment, please, with your eyes closed, not looking around. Can you just take a few moments and just ask God, if He hasn't already, to just clarify for you, what is the next step in following you? Because we all have one. That's what, that's what a journey is. There's always a next step. Don't worry about the end. Don't worry about the destination. God, I don't just want to be a Christian. I actually want to be a follower. I want to follow you. Where are you leading? Would you help us to discern your whisper? Help us to obey. God, help us to go all in. Please, <laughs> please. Help us not to be deceived with just some little weird, watered down, anemic little dipping of the toe. Help us, God, to recognize when we're choosing to actually just consult you once in a while help us at least to be honest with ourselves God help us to have enough self-awareness to be honest with the fact that we're not actually going all in that we're not following you but Lord I also pray that you would help us to recognize your invitations your invitation to position ourselves to be to being formed by you through practices through places and through the people that we engage with God, for people that might not be in a relationship with you, maybe they're not sure about their relationship with you, God, I pray that you would help them to simply make a decision today. I am going to follow Jesus. One step at a time. I don't have to know what it all looks like. I don't have to have answers to every question. I wanna I want start. I just wanna start with going all in, with following Jesus. God, and as people do that, whether they're watching, whether they're listening to this podcast, or whether they're, here in person, God, wherever people are making their decision, I just pray that please, by your mercy, by your grace, would you just surprise people with a sense of your cleansing, refreshing love and grace and mercy and joy. And help us to persevere as we take one step at a time, as we keep sowing seeds in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Today, before we, before we leave, I just want to encourage you that if you are sitting here today and you have 
or you're, you're even questioning making that decision. You know that you don't have a relationship with God. You've never started this incredible journey with God. Maybe you, you're, you have more questions or maybe you're wanting to make this decision. Please let us help you. Okay, we, we want to pray with you. We also, we want to give you tools. We want to put something in your hand that's going to help you to start this incredible journey with God. Jesus is the kindest person you will ever meet. He is the most patient person you'll ever meet. He is the most loving, the most available, the most present person you will ever meet. And he wants to have a genuine friendship and relationship with you. So if that's you today, I really want to encourage you. We're going to have some guys in the front here um, offering prayer. Come up and let them pray. Even if you're just wanting to pray and say, God, show me. I don't know. I don't know if this is real. Show me. Come and pray with us. We'll also have some great any people at the back who have something that they can put into your hands. So go and chat to them. Um, go and ask them questions. Allow, allow us to walk this incredible journey with you. If you're also visiting for the first time or you've been coming for a while, but you're not connected to church yet or to um, somebody in this building, we would love to give you a free hot drink or maybe cold drink. I don't know what the weather's doing outside there, but you can also come to the Connect area. We'll connect with you. And if you have any questions, about our church. We would love to give you a bit more info. Otherwise, enjoy your Sunday, everyone. We have some snacks available in the cafe. You can go and have a look what's there to, to buy at the cafe. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Okay, our prayer team can come to the front as well. You're welcome to give us a hand, a round of applause if you'd like. <laughs>